0: Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular Religious Hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. Today, I have my producer, Todd Fisher, with me. Welcome, Todd.
1: Hey, how are you today, Amber?
0: I'm good. How about you?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. You ready to save the world today?
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. So today we're going to do this. We
1: do this every other week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I mean, honestly, I just love having these conversations. I think we have such fruitful conversations that come out of these discussions and hopefully they help people.
1: We actually have been talking for like an hour before we ever started recording this podcast.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. We talk about, basically everything. We could honestly have a uh, like our own podcast about our conversations before the podcast.
1: will uh, someday we'll release the director's cut of <laughs> all the unheard stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, 100%. That
1: would we, be so uh, fun. I guess we could probably tease this. This would probably work out, but we are going to start recording these on video pretty soon.
0: Yes. So- I mean, ex- I'm really excited for that. So then that way you guys will be able to hear on, um, you know, Spotify and Apple and other podcast areas, but you can also watch on YouTube on my YouTube channel.
1: Yeah. So that'll be exciting. I love seeing myself on video. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not for me to be on video, but rather your guests, you have a lot of guests that are going to be coming up still this year and uh, it'll be nice to to see you interview them. But, um, but something else exciting that we're kind of putting out there for you, which is great.
0: I'm really excited about it. I think it'll give a whole new element to these podcasts, especially for those who are more visually inclined, more than audio inclined. Um, I can go either way, depending on the podcast, but I know I always like having the option of uh, the visual. So hopefully that'll help anyone who um, needs the visual representation.
1: For sure. What are we talking about today?
0: So today we're going to talk about temptation and how we can fight back. It's a pretty exciting topic.
1: Oh, my. I suffer from many of those.
0: I think we all do. It's okay.
1: <laughs> At the time we're recording this, it's the day after Super Bowl Sunday. So a lot of temptations presented themselves during Super Bowl Sunday in terms of the food I ate, <laughs> and the drinks I had. <laughs>
0: but it was Sunday, so it's a feast day. So you, know, you <laughs> right. have that stuff a little bit. That's
1: good. That's a good way to think about it. I'm off the hook.
0: 100%. I mean, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I don't i mean i expected more memes to come out of the halftime show but i haven't seen that many yet <laughs> oh
1: there's a lot there's a lot there uh, probably my least favorite halftime show in a long time really? but uh, you know yeah. i just <laughs> was, was hoping watching. you know maybe the weekend would have some special guests show up or was that you who know, played
0: the weekend yeah okay were those those like creepy little like demon-eyed things behind him
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> what that? like i just saw one meme of that and i was just like i'm kind of glad i didn't watch it
1: <laughs> well you know when it opened they all kind of looked like c-3po in the stands and then later on they all had like bandage faces and it's it was just like the weirdest thing i've i've ever seen and and i, I know
0: mean, he
1: went i know he wants to be like prince he wanted to give like a prince level you know performance which it really fell flat on but I know
0: Prince was weird but I don't think Prince was that weird <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah yeah it but... was a, it was definitely an odd thing and because it wasn't I mean a lot of it was just up on the stadium stands it wasn't really out on the field until the end so the whole thing was just really but the whole the whole Super Bowl was weird anyways because of COVID like everything was just a little off so why shouldn't the halftime show also be a little off
0: yeah absolutely i mean honestly though with the halftime shows we've had the last like three or four years i mean what was it the red hot chili peppers but they didn't actually even play it was just a recording and then that whole thing last what was it two years ago with the stripper pole and the, uh i just i don't know at this point i'm not surprised
1: <laughs> well there's not really a lot of like really you know great bands that can show up anymore and do stuff like The mega performers are all kind of gone. So who would you have up there? You know, like Michael Jackson's gone. That was a powerful show and you know what U2's been up there and arguably one of the the best shows it was the first Super Bowl after 9-11 they performed at and they had a a memorial that went on during it like it was really brilliant and Rolling Stones have performed and a lot of big bands have performed but like that era is over in music so
0: I I don't know to an extent even if you're a lesser known artist or just not that good you can still come up with something better than demon-eyed C-3PO bandaged people
1: I know Just very, it was all just very weird. There's been a lot of funny memes about it all. But I mean, even New Weekends only got like arguably two to three, three and a half hit songs. Mm. And his most popular is pretty much cannibalizing every 80s song ever made. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) I believe it 100%. Super Bowl, it kind of sucks. So that's nice. But. (laughs)
1: this uh, the whole all of 2020 needs to be like an asterisk year anyways for all sports because COVID affected everything so much I gotta wonder what the results would have been like had it not been a COVID year so yeah
0: honestly I think we can all wonder but I guess we'll never know
1: the all of 2020 just needs to have an asterisk next to it anyways
0: 100 oh, <laughs> you know? 100%, 100%, yeah the
1: year we want to go back and retroactively erase this year from our lives it's like not having a 13th floor in an elevator, you know, they don't put it mm-hmm. in there for luck. You yeah. know, you just move on to the 14th floor, but really you're on the 13th floor. That <laughs> that needs to be 2020. We just remove it from the calendar and everyone yeah. goes, Hey, it goes from, uh, you know, this to this. Why, where's, why's is this one gone? And, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was At the, the bad luck year. We're like, doing away with that.
0: 2020 was so bad. It's just like 2021 is just going to be 2020, but with bangs like that's just, that's just how it's going to go. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's a good way. That's a good way to think about it. Probably so. (laughs) Great way to start the decade. All right, let's, let's get into this.
0: Yes, but with 2021 comes many temptations. So we will get into this podcast. So basically, I want to start off with, um, you know, explaining what temptation is. So basically temptation is something that everyone will go through and we continue to go through throughout our entire lifetime until our life on earth has ended. Um, Temptation entices us to rebel against God. So it means to go against all sense, reason, and the 10 commandments of God, which is like a big deal. That is, you don't wanna do that. (laughs) Um, So temptation, it, it can come in different ways. But all temptation can lead to grave sins if it's left unchecked, which I think is the biggest issue. And, um, a good example of this uh, would be, we know that um, the first temptation came from the devil and the first humans to you know, experience that temptation was Adam and Eve. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> and because of their temptation, we now have original sin. Uh, yeah, they didn't do a very good job of fighting back and uh, in like inheriting original sin from them, we were also locked out of the Garden of Eden. So that wasn't very fun.
1: (laughs) I have a question about this. Yeah, I always find this form of biblical history really interesting. But um, people that are familiar with this early narrative of Adam and Eve and their kids Cain and Abel. So Cain kills Abel out of jealousy is was that actually was jealousy just a sin or was that a temptation? Is it an urge to kill a temptation? How would you define that?
0: Yeah, I would say a sin is when you act on it. A temptation is when you think about something like, oh, you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. But a sin is when you actually act on that temptation and you carry it out. So for Cain, he obviously had the temptation of jealousy. He was jealousy towards Abel. And, Because of that, instead of turning towards God and changing himself and the way that he did things, because, you know, he wasn't very good at the things he did, he didn't give God the proper sacrifices as Abel did. Um, Instead of turning towards God and changing himself, he instead acted on his jealousy and killed his brother, which is obviously a big mortal sin. So I would classify jealousy definitely as a uh, a temptation. It can come in different ways. It can stem from um, vanity. Uh, it can stand uh, stem from anger. Uh, you know, it can stem from a lot of different areas. But acting on it would be a very grave sin.
1: Yeah, and 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 uh, Adam and Eve and Cain weren't the only ones. Jesus also had yes. temptations. Tell tell me about that.
0: Yeah. So. In the Bible, obviously, you know, there are many, many people who experience temptation. And in Matthew 4, Jesus experiences temptation. Uh, basically, he had been praying for and fasting for 40 days. And that's when Satan appeared to Jesus to tempt him. Technically, Jesus should have been at his weakest at this point in his bodily form, because if you don't eat or you're fasting for 40 days, it. You're gonna be a little tired and hungry. <laughs> um, but basically when the when Satan came to tempt Jesus, Jesus fought back. He refused all of the devil's temptations, and the devil left him, and we're told that the angels came and ministered to Jesus. In a way, I personally feel as though nowadays people act as though they have no control over their actions, feelings, or desires. Many refuse to take responsibility for their own choices, and instead they blame it on God or other things when things go wrong. We have a choice. Uh, We have a choice to either renounce temptation or to give in to temptation. However, because of our fallen nature as humans, we are not perfect, and we will at times be weak and fall for the temptations that, you know, Satan leads us into. But these temptations can lead to bigger sins, which is why they're a big issue. As St. Paul says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God is with us during our temptations, and we must make that conscious effort and choice to follow him and not the temptations. So, In those aspects, I have some tips that I personally use and I think would benefit all of you guys um, when it comes to temptation. So we're gonna kind of pop into that a little bit. So the first tip I would like to share with you guys is to learn about the different types of temptation. This is the big one. Not a lot of people know what temptations are. These are the most common, but they are the most important to understand in order to defeat them. So the first one is money and greed. The second one is corrupt power. The third one is sexual immorality or lust. The fourth one is gossip and lies. The fifth one is to do harm to another. The sixth is pride. The seventh is envy. The eighth is anger. The ninth is gluttony, which is eating too much or overuse of social media, things of that nature. And the 10th is sloth so laziness procrastination things of that nature
1: so I'm curious I want to jump in for a second so a lot of this sounds like seven deadly sins only there's 10 here
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot more but those are the basics
1: (laughs) the basics so I, I you know I assume that a person that has these temptations is suffering from this temptation in a way I'm trying to think of a of a way I would describe it, when you have temptations, I would assume you're suffering from a temptation. Particularly if you act on it, um, yeah. what what do you what can I do just if I suffer from any of these things? Like, what's the solution? How do you how do you keep from doing it?
0: Yeah, there's actually quite a few solutions, which I'm glad you brought up because these are actually very important, and I think in general everyone could benefit from knowing these things. Um, the first thing. I would suggest is go to confession ASAP. I know confession can be scary for some, but trust me, it's it's not scary. You need it. And I, I think it's one of the most obvious solutions. However, when we go to confession, it's like a mini exorcism. This is something that we need. You will receive grace from God, and that'll help you to overcome these sins and temptations and become more resilient towards them in the future, which is really important. Um, It's also actually the perfect time to ask your priest for guidance. I know I do this all the time. If I'm struggling with a specific temptation or repetitive sin, I'll go to my priest and I'll be like, I really need some guidance on how I can overcome this. Prayers, you know, ideas, stories, Bible verses, things of that nature to really remind me of why I need to be resilient towards these sins. So that's really important. The second thing is to learn your triggers what triggers you when you get hit with a temptation you have to ask yourself what you were doing before that temptation hit many times we aren't aware enough to know when people things or situations trigger us into sin make it a point to become more self-aware keep a journal if it helps i know that really helps me and begin documenting your temptations and see what happens before your temptations happen so for some people, this could be a lot easier than others. Um, it, it basically has to do with becoming more self-aware. And, it's just, and honestly, being self-aware is just a part of being Christian. We need to be aware of the way we speak, dress, and treat others. Because a lot of times, we could actually be the temptation for somebody else. We could be a trigger for somebody else. And in the way we dress, the way we speak, the way we portray ourselves, what we post, what we, you know, do, we could be a trigger for somebody. And so it's also important that we look at ourselves in that sense of like, am I a trigger for anybody in the way I dress or anything like that? Obviously you won't be able to avoid people who are like, oh, she's dressing so modestly, like blah, blah, blah. Like, There are some people where you could dress super modestly and they will still try to find something, you know, that's immodest or treat you immodestly. That's not your fault. But in the way that we speak and things, we should be aware of how it affects others. We must try and strive to please God in every area of our lives. And being self-aware helps us to see the areas we need work in and the areas in which we're doing okay, um, but we still need to turn to God. So that would be my second um, example. My third would be to remove the temptations. I know I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I would constantly compare myself to other women on social media. Uh, how they looked, their hair, their bodies, I wanted to be like that. And this basically stemmed from a deep-seated struggle and insecurities. I always thought that I had to look a certain way or dress a certain way to be popular or to look presentable to society, you know? and instead of being self-aware and realizing that this temptation was feeding my insecurities and envy i just kind of kept feeding this temptation i I didn't really try and stop it because i was falling into the temptation of being like i want to look like these people and by looking at them maybe i'll somehow achieve that that's not how it works (laughs) um Eventually though, I did mature and I removed those types of people from my social media. I started eating better and working out regularly and just living a healthy lifestyle in general. But we need to make choices. Either we continue to wallow and be engulfed in self-pity, continuing this journey of temptation and sinfulness, or we pick ourselves up, we go to confession and we make a conscious effort to change our surroundings, removing temptations from our everyday sight. That is super important. I gave a fairly easy example of avoiding temptation in my own life. However, for many people, this actually could be a lot more difficult. You might have to distance yourself from certain people who are dragging you into sin. You might have to cancel your Netflix subscription or you know, just throw your TV out the window altogether. That's a good reason too. Uh, everyone's situation is going to be different, but removing yourself from the path of temptation will be extremely beneficial. And that's, that's a big one. (laughs) The fourth thing I would suggest is to speak to a Catholic spiritual director. Uh, These people can be like uh, accountability partners, which are great when you're struggling with lust or sexual sin in some type. You don't want an accountability partner that is your significant other or family member. You really want them to be the same sex as you, and you want them to be able to uphold you know, your standards and stuff, especially when you're falling into temptation or sin, you want that person to be able to uh, really bring you back into reality and be like, hey, you were on this path so good, let's get you back there. And Catholic spiritual directors are amazing at that. They can really help you process the situations and temptations, and they can point you in that direction of repentance and resilience. Also, they can offer you more resources and ideas on how to combat temptation that might be more suited for your lifestyle. Because I know there are some people, I'm a graphic designer, and I know many graphic designers who have to look at certain inappropriate images for certain, you know, um, I don't know, billboards or for this or that. And in my case, I wouldn't accept a job like that. Um, But some people might need a spiritual director to point them in the right path, because that is not, you know, my job. I can only tell them like, hey, maybe I wouldn't suggest taking this job. But at the end of the day, a spiritual director can really sit down with them. And in a way, guide them towards a better decision. Sometimes that might be quitting a job. You know, like I said, it's not always going to be easy. But they're very helpful in that aspect. The fifth thing. I would suggest is to pray. I think this is a no-brainer, but prayer is very powerful. The first prayer I would suggest is the rosary. Uh, Every Hail Mary is like a punch to the devil's face. When it comes to strong temptations, say a Hail Mary over and over again until the temptation passes. This has been extremely helpful for myself and my friends and other people I have talked to who experience hardcore temptations. They basically repeat the Hail Mary, and eventually it passes and they thank God. And they say, thank you God for preserving me from this temptation and keeping me from sin. That's amazing. And also when we pray the rosary, Our Lady and a legion of angels comes down to pray with us. And I just think that's absolutely beautiful. The second prayer I would suggest is the St. Michael prayer. In general, St. Michael is a defender and protector. So calling upon him the next time you feel a temptation is amazing he will absolutely help protect you. The third prayer I would suggest is one that I actually don't see a lot of people suggesting, and that's the Fatima prayer. And that's the, oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, especially those most needed Thy mercy. I don't see a lot of people suggesting this prayer when being faced with spiritual um, temptations or battles and things of that nature. And I just think this is such an important prayer because it, it's, basically pulling us back into reality where it's just like, save us from the fires of hell, um, which is where sin and temptation leads if we continue following it down that path. And what we're doing is we are calling on Jesus to forgive us our sins and save us from that. And that's just very powerful. So by turning to God through these prayers, we're resisting the devil. And that is what counts. So those are basically my, um, My little ideas for you guys, if you guys are being faced with temptation, um, I hope these will help you guys. But in general, I would like to close with a verse from James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I think that is 100% true. And we resist the devil by doing these things and turning towards God.
1: Wow, great. Thank you. Great topic today. If anybody wants to be my accountability buddy, email the religious hippie at gmail.com. You'll have your work cut out for you.
0: <laughs> oh, I think we all would, right?
1: <laughs> but wow, yeah, powerful stuff. Really, really interesting. You really went deep on all of this. Really uh, pretty incredible because this is kind of a route to sinning is these oh, temptations, these temptations. And uh, there's so many in the world today that you can have just and these things lead to addictions, these things like these things, they escalate and get worse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I knew um, Well, I I knew of this one person who it started off as an addiction to um, tea and then like an actual addiction to tea. Like I didn't think you could be addicted to tea because it's not like addictive unless it has caffeine in it. But even then, some tea doesn't even have that much caffeine. And then it escalated to an actual addiction to coffee. So like they would literally take five shots of espresso every day. It it was crazy. And then that progressed into alcoholism. And it was just very interesting to see these progressions and how one temptation, even though it was literally just tea, tea, it was, it escalated to this alcoholism which I had never heard of before and when they came to me and told me that I was just like it's amazing to see how the smallest temptation even if it doesn't look like it's even the slightest is dangerous can lead into something even worse it's very interesting
1: well what it is so much of this is a psychological disorder there's certainly your body craves what it needs and it craves what it wants but there's so much of it is psychological so that's why you see if you go to any kind of drug rehab and you see heroin users smoking like chimneys, smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. they're trading one addiction for another because once you've kind of opened up that Pandora's box in your mind that you need something, yeah. then you're creating kind of a, in a way like an obsessive compulsive disorder. So you go to the tea, you go to the tea, you go to the tea, just like you would go to the light switch three times and flip it before you left the room. You know, right. it's, That's what you're doing is you're training your brain into these unhealthy habits <clears throat> And, and a lot of no, go oh, ahead. And a lot of times that's why you'll see a drug and alcohol counselors not care if their patients' smoking a lot or drinking a lot of coffee because they've traded a much more terrible addiction for a lesser addiction because they know really you'll probably never leave the addiction. People that quit smoking cigarettes a lot of times put on a lot of weight because they pick up a food habit mm-hmm. afterward. And that's what it does is it continue, continue to trade one thing for another. Um, For a long time until you can psychologically get get yourself right. Some people do that with a therapist. Some people do that in confession. They do that with God. They do that in prayer, but uh, it is, it is terrible. And like you were saying that how tea turned into alcoholism, many times there's other offshoots to this too in that, you know, your marriage fails. You know things fall apart all around you. You run out of money, you know, because maybe you have a gambling addiction or you're at the bar all the time. Like things can escalate and it's like dominoes, and your life winds up unraveling. But the original source was the temptation.
0: Absolutely. And one thing I didn't mention, but because I I felt like it was kind of a no brainer, but I think is really really important, and I'm going to mention it now is fasting um, Catholic, you know, abstination and fasting. That's one of the most important things when overcoming temptation, because when you fast, you're putting your body in check and you're like, no, we're not going to have this thing because you want it. We don't need it. And so in a way you're gaining control over your bodily wants and your bodily needs. You might want that extra coffee, but you don't need it. So you change it out for water. And by gaining that control over the flesh, you gain that control over these temptations and addictions. And, you know, I'm not sure why I didn't really put it in my, you know, uh, list, but that is just something that I've talked about a lot in my YouTube. And um, I just think that's so important is you have to gain control. You can't just go to therapy and then, you know, pour your guts out to this person and then go home and do nothing about it or be put on drugs that are just going to suppress your hunger or suppress your brain function or whatever. You actually have to make that decision to reject certain things that you want, because it's not what you need.
1: Right. Beautiful words.
0: Thank you. (laughs) It's, I mean, I had, I love, okay. I love hot toddies, like, especially when I'm like sick or have a stuffy nose, I absolutely love them. Um, But sometimes I just say, no, you know, I'm not going to have one. I might want one, but I'm not sick or I don't need it. Um, And it's not so much an addiction as it's just like, oh, I want one. You know, it's just like, oh, I have a taste for one. Or even when I'm out with friends or something like, oh, I have a taste for a Pepsi or something, but I switch it out for an iced tea because I don't need it. And by gaining that control and telling my flesh, no, I've really gained control, even in the smallest areas of temptation. It's very interesting how they all kind of interconnect throughout my life. But specifically when I think back on it, when I said no to something I wanted, maybe it was dessert or ice cream, this or that. I was also saying yes to God in the way of like I am gaining control over my fleshly desires, if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. I'm really proud of you because this might be the first time we've recorded a podcast where I haven't seen a 32-ounce drink in front of you and a candy bar wrapper clinking in the background. So you're doing, you're you're walking the walk right now.
0: (laughs) I always eat, always.
1: (laughs) It's funny, but a great podcast. And We'll be back in two weeks. And everyone, make sure to check out uh, all of uh, the Religious Hippies social media, which is vast and plentiful.
0: Yes, I have very many social medias. So definitely go check that out. And thank you for being here, Todd. This was a fun episode.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we'll be back to do it again in two weeks.
0: Yes, I'm very excited.
1: Good night, everyone.
0: All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Do you have questions or comments about today's episode? Email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with Amber Rose, The Religious Hippie. Please be sure and rate and review this podcast. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyrighted content is used by permission. Be sure to like and follow The Religious Hippie on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, or visit her official website at TheReligiousHippie.com. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. And be sure to visit Metatomics.org to see our listings of other unique podcasts.